1: And good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. Kind of digging in here as uh, as football week number one in the NFL came to a close. NBA playoffs, uh, they, they are trying to get to the finals. The Eastern Conference has made it. The Western Conference waiting on a game seven tonight. So a lot to be talked about there. Eleven days until it's football time in Tennessee. <coughs> Excuse me, a little tickle. And then ultimately, uh, talking a little bit about what Week One of the NFL gave us, because no fans in the stands in a lot of places, and some some places had like five hundred, but in, in a grand scheme of you know a sixty, eighty thousand seat stadium, it's not a lot. So. We'll talk about that. I think nine road teams won the in week number one. That's that's kinda weird. But I mean, I think it's par for the course considering uh the dynamic that no fans were in the stands. I mean, you heard literally on the T V uh some some of the audibles and, and and the freeness that a lot of a lot of players were able to to kind of play with because uh, there wasn't the silent count. You didn't need all that uh, to do that. But uh, football all, all the time is changing, I think, at the prep level uh, and then also uh, at the college and the pro level. But 11 days till it's football time in Tennessee. But last Friday night, it was football time in Maryville. Uh, Maryville now coa locked horns for the 92nd meeting of the Battle of Pistol Creek. And, and one of the, the late additions, late entries, into this rivalry was uh, a California kid by the name of Sadfar McCrary, number four for the Alcoa Tornadoes, had transferred in this season uh, and was actually one of the bigger storylines in the offseason for the Tornadoes. Uh, Sadfar McCrary yesterday uh, announced and agreed with Five Star Preps Jesse Smithy that he is no longer part of the Alcoa football team. Alcoa has confirmed that story. The two the the two sources can they want to to remain anonymous, but McCrary, a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback who uh, moved from California to Class Three state power uh, Alcoa in the offseason four games into twenty twenty, and he is uh, he is stepping away. Quarterback Zach Lunsford remains the uh, the lone quarterback on the on the roster at this point as far as full time quarterback. Um it's going to be interesting as Sam Walton leaves uh, to go to California. Uh, Caden Buckle uh, was announced ineligible earlier in the offseason. Uh, so it'll be him and probably uh, Camden Burden uh, that will have to look at uh, quarterback position uh, from here on out. But if you look at how McCrary has come and gone, uh, McCrary officially withdrew from Alcoa on Monday. Uh, he actually, on his Twitter feed list, Sandy Creek High School in Tyrone, Georgia, as his current program, uh, again, via Twitter, not announced. Um, he was very a very late and sparing addition in last week's game against Maryville. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know what the deal there is, but um, it's it's odd. It's a weird look. That's two years in a row that a player's left the Alcoa program after the mariville game. Uh, last year, it was a wide receiver. I'm trying to – I can't remember his name to save my life. He went to Greenback. Or no, 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 no. He went to Powell. Yeah, that's where he went. He went to Powell. And then the other – and then this kid just, you know, plays four games. Um, there's a little bit of struggle. From my understanding, they may be in the 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 HBO special that was following Alcoa that there was a little bit of riff post-game. Possibly had some negative words toward the Alcoa coaches. Um, not sure about how, the, how valid that, that statement is. But nonetheless, Zach Lunsford, who was in a, uh, a four-way quarterback battle at one point, is now the lone listed quarterback. And Cam Burden uh, may be thrust into a position he's not interested in. Uh, again, the D1 prospect Burden uh, played some quarterback at Severe County during the 17-18 season, but he's been a star at linebacker and receiver the last couple years for Alcoa. He will run the Wildcat quarterback, uh, but nonetheless he has been uh, he has been mainly, mainly uh, a, a defensive player and a wide receiver. Uh, Alcoa will play Pigeon Forge this week and uh, that dynamic, uh, will be on display. I I don't think it's going to be tough on Alcoa because I think whoever's back there, quite frankly, uh, can hand to Ahmad Sankey, can hand to Isaiah Cox, and can deliver in the flat to guys like Braden Anderson. Uh, but I'll say this: uh, it, it's a it's a weird, and, and and I don't know what this says. I think I think everybody is uh, is very interested in being a part of some of these things, but when they get there and find out that it's a pretty good battle uh to get on the field for for really good football teams. I think sometimes people are not interested in in in, in fighting like that, just to be just to be blunt, just to be honest. So uh Satfar McCrary, all the way from California, uh, he will continue to go east. He will he will slide down to Tyrone, Georgia, and um uh, and see if he can fit there uh on their program. I would assume uh, that he's probably not going to play the rest of the year, uh, and then he'll roll into his senior season with some high high expectations, high outlooks, uh, as he will uh, be trying to to make the most of, of that transition. But uh, wish him all the best. Uh, I thought the kid had a great arm. Uh, I think late in the game he was juiced, and the, the receivers were tired, and I think between both of those dynamics, uh, it really it did not play well with the Alcoa game plan. But – uh he he came he came to to alcoa and left just as quick uh he won was part of three wins and one loss there on friday night so uh again alcoa will play pigeon fords this week and i don't think you'll see much of a drop off i think Lunsford will be the guy uh and cam burden will run in there at the wildcat position you just gotta if you're coach gary Rankin, if you're the alcoa staff or an alcoa fan you just gotta hope for for you know health for zach Lunsford. you you when you're limited like that, I don't know who your next option is. Of course, Cam Burden would be your backup, but who's Cam's backup? I mean, is it Braden Anderson? Is it, is it, is it Ahmad Sankey? Is it Isaiah Cox? Is there, is there somebody that can throw the football that we don't know about? Uh, like I said, I, I don't know that you pull Isaiah Cox or Ahmad Sankey uh, out of that running back room just because they're very dynamic and they, they pull defense in a lot of different ways. So, um, Anyway, this in in this offseason season, shoo, excuse me, an early season. Uh, that's two quarterbacks to leave Gary Rankin's Tornadoes, and 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 we'll uh, we'll see the fallout uh, post that, if there is such. Like I said, I don't think there will be. I think this is a machine that just continues to move. Uh, Friday night was a tough night for the Tornadoes as they as they wanted to get a win, uh, and fell just short against Mariville but. Uh, this is still Alcoa this is still five times in a row state champions uh some would argue that that Alcoa is the first team that's going to stop Alcoa in division 3a so anyway I, I don't know uh what they're gonna what they're gonna look like as they move forward but uh, just a little headline uh to talk about uh five-star preps also put together their top 15 out of week number four heading into week five uh a little bit of uh Shake up, as you would expect. Um, Maryville will slide to the number one spot. Alcoa slides to two. So just flip switch on those guys. Catholic sits at three. West Knox West uh, sits at four. Powell is number five. So there's your top five in the the East Tennessee, greater Knoxville area. Knox Central, number six. I think that's probably a little low for them. Elizabethan, three and oh. They're number seven. McMinn County, eight. Grace Christian 4 or or 9, I'm sorry, they're 4 and 0, but they're number 9 on this list. Uh 10 is the King's Academy, 11 South Doyle at 3 and 1, Anderson County's 12 at 2 and 2, Loudon 4 and 0 is 13 CAK 4 and 0, 14 and Farragut 2 and 1 comes in at number 15. They cracked the top 15 after a victory over Oak Ridge and I, I think much deserved. Uh, they needed the confidence uh, that they got from winning with Oak Ridge, and then they'll uh, they have three weeks uh, to where they'll see uh, Morristown West, Maryville, and Science Hill. So uh, it will be a, a tough few weeks for the Admirals, and they will uh, they'll prove their grit, uh, guaranteed, uh, moving forward in the next few weeks. People who got votes but uh, fell outside of the top 15: Meigs County at four and zero. Uh, Gatlinburg-Pittman, 3-1, Oak Ridge, 2-2, Oneida at 19 at 3-0, and Sevier County at the top 20 spot, uh, 2-1. So that's kind of the the prep side of things as Alcoil loses a quarterback and Maryville slides to the number one spot in the uh, five-star preps, top 15 for the week. Let's take a break, uh, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA, a little bit of NFL and then we're going to switch gears to Big Orange for the rest of the day. You're listening to the Tuesday Grind right here, at 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it.
0: Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM FM. a.m. Rocky
1: Top Sports. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
2: Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and we'll work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Choir with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table.
1: Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time.
3: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Whitlock & Company, Certified Public Accountants features accounting
0: services
1: for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized
3: accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing.
1: from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com.
0: We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports.
1: And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition. As promised, we're going to talk NFL, NBA in this segment, and then head to Tennessee, head head to Big Orange Country. But uh, the NBA uh, is kind of in a in a little bit of waiting period tonight. The Heat Celtics will start the Eastern Conference Finals as they have hey, they've gotten on with it, and the Nuggets and Clippers will do a Game 7 for the Western Conference uh, opportunity uh, to take on the L.A. Lakers. So, uh, again, the 6.40 start time for the Heat-Celtics matchup. Uh, Coins Jimmy Butler against Jason Tatum-Celtics. So, again, Heat versus the Celtics. The line says Boston by one and a half, the over and under at 2.10. Um, That that doesn't surprise me. Uh, The NBA, anybody that scores under 100 – uh you you probably should lose honestly uh i don't know that i've seen many games unless both teams stay under 100 uh that that a uh, you, you know that that any team scoring under 100 in the bubble uh but i the, this is this is an interesting matchup just because the heat jimmy butler is is i don't want to say the only player uh that the heat have but he definitely much is the motor uh, that pushes this team around. Jason Tatum, on the other hand, though, uh, there's guys like Marcus Smart. Uh, there's guys like, you know, Thais and, and and different players uh, that, that kind of step up in role play a little bit uh, for the Celtics squad. I mean, when you look at it, uh, there's also Kimba Walker. Uh, and, and <laughs> I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Jalen Brown has a good night uh, every now and again. Uh, Taco Fall uh, is is ginormous he's seven foot five but uh, I think this is more of a a team that's built around uh, just just playing really good basketball uh, this is a Brad Stevens team if I've ever seen one. Uh, I like the the dynamic that they have uh, they saw the other night that when when Thies went out uh, their big 6 eight senior or center sorry he's probably not a senior at this point uh, a 6 eight center. Uh, 245. They they plugged in Grant Williams. Uh, 66-236 is where they're they're sitting him at, and and I thought he had a he had a pretty good little run. He had about eight good minutes uh, in this matchup, and I think that's a credit and a testament to Grant, but also a credit and a testament to Brad Stevens. And uh, and so I like the Celtics and their uh, and their take on what could be. Uh, a fun eastern conference championship but when you look at when you look at Miami I mean any anything I've seen about Miami you're looking it's uh I mean it's Jimmy Butler it's Jimmy Butler um they they're the third place team coming out of the east uh they won their division uh, but they were the third seed coming out uh but if you look at their roster it's a little different uh I feel like Boston is very much Jason Tatum Kimba Walker and company whereas miami has kyle alexander i mean i'm down with that uh but they've got jimmy butler jay crowder um tyler hero which is i mean he's he's not he's no scrub but they've got some older players like haslam udonis haslam uh andre iguodala um kendrick nunn (laughs) chris silva uh, a lot of guys that uh Let's just say they're 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 about getting it to they're about getting it to Jimmy Butler. You know, I'm uh <laughs> I like how Kyle Alexander doesn't even show his salary. Uh, I think he's made the active roster and I think it's great. I think it's great. But but what I look at this is um this is a this is a basketball team that I think if the Celtics come in and just pushed move the basketball a lot and force these guys. That are not named Jimmy Butler to, to score, uh, I think they're going to have a really good chance to win this this series. Uh, is it going to be is it going to be a four or five game series and it's over? I, I don't think so. I think this goes six. I think the the Heat get two and the Celtics get four. That's my honest opinion. Uh, I think uh, I think when you look at it, Jimmy Butler's going to have a couple nights to where he basically wins the game himself. Uh, I think uh, I think Tyler Hero has has enough shooting power uh to to really do some things which by the way he looks tiny but he's listed at six five one ninety five. i i would have never i would have put him at like five four about a buck 60 but anyway anyways, different story uh different day um but i i think this is a this is a series to where uh the the firepower of jimmy butler is going to come to an end I think fundamentally the the Celtics can slow this one down and push the envelope, uh, and I think uh, I think the Celtics uh, get the victory there. And then the the night gap, the Nuggets Clippers. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday because uh, Carson is a big basketball fan. He's a Rockets fan, so I had to tread lightly because I know he was uh, he was licking his wounds from a loss over the weekend. But the Nuggets Clippers, what do they get when they win? Uh, tonight, whoever whoever comes out of this matchup, they get to see a rested Lakers team. Because if they whoever wins tonight, it's another three, you know, two or three days before they're gonna get off the ground in the Western Conference finals. Uh so that basically puts another big gap in the Anthony Davis, LeBron James uh postseason push. And maybe not so much for A D, but for LeBron, any gap in his playing time is rest. Any rest equals more power. More power equals the other team doesn't have a good day. Uh, Nikola Nikola Jokic, uh, he's averaging nearly 20 points a game, nearly nearly a double-double. He's averaging 9.7 rebounds a game. You roll that up, he's averaging a double-double. Kawhi Leonard, 27.1 points, 7.1 rebounds and 5 assists per game. I still like the Clippers. Uh, I think I talked about this yesterday. I think the Nuggets, uh, they, they are uh, they're red lot to red lot. Where I think I think the Clippers have a little bit for the Lakers. Uh, I think the city of L.A. would love to have a Clippers Lakers Western Conference Finals. Uh, I, I think the two organizations that spent the money to build those two teams uh, would like a Clippers Lakers. Uh, western conference finals but the Denver Nuggets are uh, are trying to spoil that and uh, I I think they're doing a pretty good job Uh, the line says Clippers by seven and a half over and under 208 and uh, (laughs) I think it's going to be higher than that I I think you've looked at it the last couple games the Nuggets to win have scored 111 both their last two wins Uh, I think the Clippers are going to have to go plus 110 uh, to win this game, so unless they hold them uh, to under a hundred, uh, I say you take the over, take the Clippers. This is my personal opinion. So, uh, Clippers uh, and 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 talking with Mister Ward yesterday uh, off air a little bit, uh, talked about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Is Paul George an elite player? I think he has elite elite ability. Uh, we both agree that he's not an elite player right now. Uh, when he got injured in the Olympics, uh, that kind of changed his trajectory. Uh, but I still think he's he's that – and I use this all the time, and it, it for me never gets old. If it does for you, I apologize. But uh, he's an old Toby Keith player. Uh, he's not as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was, and that's really all they need tonight. They need to get out of this series. They need a really good output by both Kawhi and Paul George, and they just need to stove off the uh, the the Murray – and Jokic push by Denver because uh, I think that's where it's going to be it's a little thunder lightning um, in a bottle that the Nuggets have been able to capture that's forced this game seven it's in the bubble you know a lot of people's like you know who do you got who's got advantage I mean I think the Nuggets have momentum but I think the Clippers have the advantage and I say that because you, you've got a lot of guys on the Clippers whether. Whether it's with the Clippers or with other teams they've they've worked for, uh, they have experience being in in this moment. They have experience being in the postseason, being deep in the postseason, and uh, and being successful in the postseason. Ie. Kawhi Leonard's uh, you know run to a championship a year ago with the Raptors, uh, his time with the Spurs, and 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 all the success that that was. So. In my opinion, been there before is a big moment uh, in, in anything really, and I go with the Clippers tonight. One because I think the sparkler is going to fizzle out uh, for the Nuggets. I, I think they're they're really fun. Uh, they're they're a uh, you know they're a firecracker kind of basketball team, and this thing's just burned out. So I, I think the Clippers get it done tonight. I think the Nuggets should be excited about the season they've had, uh, but they they I think will exit the bubble clippers lakers will be the western conference finals and tonight we'll know if the heat has a 1-0 advantage or if the celtics uh try to prove me right and go ahead and get on uh, their winning path to the eastern conference championship but uh who knows and uh and we'll only know uh after they play tonight but on the flip side of things had two games in the nfl last night sports is such that um i mean it just stays busy uh, two games last night, the early game was the Steelers-Giants. Uh, neither one of those teams looked incredibly crisp. Uh, again, with no fans, uh, it wasn't really a home-field advantage for the Giants. But Daniel Jones tried to to make it one for the Steelers. He was 26-41, of 41, 279 and two touchdowns. Uh, Darius Slayton, six catches, 102 yards, and had those two touchdowns that Jones threw. Uh, but but nonetheless, Big Ben uh, got back on his winning ways after returning uh, for, from injury and had a three touchdown night uh, that uh, got the Steelers to big win, twenty six to sixteen. Benny Snell looked good last night, nineteen carries, one hundred and thirteen yards, as the Steelers improved to one and 26 to sixteen over the G men of the New York Giants, and and. And it was interesting to see guys like Jason Garrett on the sideline, offensive coordinator for the Giants. It was uh, You, you kind of kindled back up the fact that uh, that uh, Fitzgerald, our former strength coach at Tennessee, he's with the Giants. Um, so I guess in this matchup between my, my friendship with Jeff Mack and then just people that I don't like being on their, their coaching staff, I was pulling for the Steelers, and they, of course, uh, got the win. The nightcap, however, and and again, whoever scheduled this game uh, was definitely a West Coastie because 10-20 was the start time for for the nightcap Titans at the Broncos. And I'm like, I got to see some of it. I've been waiting all year for some of this. And it's it's really because I'm a Broncos fan, not because I, I I'm a Titans fan. I'm I'm not a Titans fan, but I want them to do well. Except for last night, and they 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 obviously our messages uh, didn't go through uh, the way I wanted them to. Uh, Titans beat the Broncos, kind of shocker. Get get out get that out of the way. Uh, it, it was in Denver. Denver has a really good record in opening games uh, of the season at home, uh, but with no fans, I I don't know that there was any stress on anybody. Uh, I thought Ryan Tannehill kind of hung in there, uh, 29 of 43 for 249 and two touchdowns. Uh, Derrick Henry had 31 carries for 116. Not a not a great great day. Uh, Corey Davis had 100 yards receiving on seven receptions. Um, pretty good night. Uh, and then Gaskowski, uh, he he uh, opened up for for his Titans debut with uh, a really rough opening. Uh, but they ended up finishing it off and, and actually kicked the game winner uh, that made the difference. But but really, it's a tale of the Broncos uh, being close but not good enough. I think the Cortland Sutton scratch late in the game, uh, or late in uh, in the lead up to the, to the game, really made a difference. I think because you had to you had to really uh, focus on uh, Noah Fant, uh, and then Jerry Judy uh, was his debut for the NFL. I think you never want uh, that kind of pressure on your wide receiver. Noah Fant ends up being the leading receiver for the Broncos. Five catches, 81 yards on six targets and one touchdown. Uh, Jerry Judy had four catches on eight targets for 56 yards, uh, no touchdowns. And then here's the rest of the guys who caught passes. Tim Patrick, okay. Deshaun Hamilton, I don't know him. Uh, Royce Freeman, Phillip Lindsey, Melvin Gordon, all those are running backs uh, catching out of the backfield. And then Tyree Cleveland, uh, former Gator Jake Butt, and Nick Vanette. So uh, again, a by-committee receiving crew for the Denver Broncos, and it just didn't it just didn't parlay to a win. Uh, Melvin Gordon really had a good debut with the Broncos: 15 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Philip Lindsay, seven carries, 24 yards, uh, no touchdowns, uh, and then Drew Locke and Royce Freeman also uh, had carries respectively. I thought Drew Locke didn't do a terrible job. He was 22 of 33 for 216 and a touchdown, uh, no interceptions. Uh, I think, really, um, he didn't put the ball in harm's way. He didn't necessarily go out there and win it either, um, but nonetheless, he, he didn't necessarily kill the, kill the deal. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, like we said, two, 29 of 43 for 249 and two touchdowns. Uh, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, the lone rushers uh for the the tennessee titans and then receiving wise you had Corey davis adam humphreys a.j brown joe new smith uh derrick henry uh blazing blasingame anthony ferk ferkser i don't know who me i don't know why really uh michael pruitt uh Khalif raymond and jeremy mcnichols uh are all receivers uh, for the Titans, 101 yards went to Corey Davis, 47 to Adam Humphreys, and 39, 36 to AJ Brown and Jonu Smith. So really, uh, kind of a tight game uh, for a lot of different people. I think the tale of the tape is is uh, is four fumbles uh, for the Broncos. I mean, they lose 16 to 14, turn it over or put it on the ground four times, lose one of them. Melvin Gordon. Uh, is the fumble lost. It was early in the game. Jerry Judy fumbles, but I think it gets out of bounds. And then Drew Locke fumbles twice and gets them both back. I, you, you just can't put it on the ground like that uh, to be able to be successful. Uh, I thought former Tennessee Vol, A.J. A- Johnson, he's listed as Alexander Johnson uh, for the Broncos, uh, he led the team in tackles uh, by a lot, by about 30%. Uh, 12 ta- total tackles. Uh, eight solo tackles, one quarterback hit. I mean, he had a pretty good night uh on the on the day. Uh Jeremiah Atochu, uh he had four four tackles, one sack, and one tackle for loss. So uh, he had a really good game as well. Uh, but nonetheless, the Broncos fall to the Tennessee Titans. So Big Chadow is happy this morning as his Titans are one and O. Broncos sit at 0-1. And they'll have to regroup and get ready for week two. I thought they looked good. Thought both teams wore really nice uniforms to open the season. Titans, of course, in the road whites, and uh, the Broncos in their home navies with white pants. I like. They have they have several combinations I like. I think when you're a fan of a team, there's really probably not a ton of combinations you don't like. But nonetheless, uh, looking good did not equate to playing good. So Titans get the victory, Steelers get the victory and week 1 in the books. Uh really the Dinette, anything that that surprised me from week 1? Not so much. I thought Cam looked pretty good, but that system is is built for everybody to look pretty good. Tom Brady losing to the to the Saints, we talked about that before. The Saints D de- or the the Buccaneers defense is going to have a hard time stopping people. So unless Tom and, and company can score every time they touch it, uh, he's going to be in a lot of battles like that. He's going to have to to be pretty perfect uh, to win a ton of games. So that that didn't surprise me. I, I think things that surprised me was uh, the Redskins getting – or the Washington football team getting a win. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to 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 go back to their old name. But uh, the Washington football team getting a win uh, is was – I don't want to say shocking, but it was surprising just because they were supposed to be really, really bad, and I just don't put a lot of faith in in that team. Uh, but um, that's about it. I mean, I, I wasn't too shocked. Uh, the Cowboys letting one get away from them, that has become kind of common. And, uh, and and then the Broncos uh, losing at home, uh, they talked about it pregame. Uh, they've had a different quarterback, starting quarterback at the opener of the season I think five different ones since Peyton left, four different ones since Peyton left, and then they've had something like seven different quarterbacks between uh, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, uh, Trevor Simeon, uh, Joe Flacco, all these different names. They they ran through a carousel, literally had a visual of a carousel with uh, Denver quarterbacks uh, sitting on the horses. So that's that's where they are, that's what they are, and that's what they've built up So so – Vic Fangio, the company that is the the Denver Broncos, they're going to have to do a little bit more than they're doing. I think they're going to need um, they're going to need to get Cortland Sutton back because I don't think Jerry Judy's ready to be the number one guy yet. I think Noah Fant can catch the football. He showed last night that he can be very good, uh, but he doesn't need to be the number one as well. And then I think you need a little bit more out of guys like Philip Lindsay uh, and and Melvin Gordon. And you can't put it on the ground. So uh, a lot to be learned after week number one. I think all the teams will get better as they come out of week number one. But uh, I, I was excited just to have football. And honestly, uh, coming into yesterday, having to think about what I was going to talk about, how I was going to cut, and what was going to be kind of the the pieces that that held this thing together. And, and man, it's been a long time since I've had to cut. And, uh, and I was excited to do – just that but let's cut to a break let's get our second break of the day in maybe our last break of the day uh listen to these great sponsors when we come back we're going to talk about the tennessee vols getting a bump in the ap and coaches poll without playing a football game and we'll talk about where the top fifteenth ranked vols sit as they uh they inch ever closer uh to football time in tennessee 11 days until it's football time we'll talk about guys who wore 11 i.e joey kent Daryl Dickey, Josh Dobbs, and now Henry Tooto. So a lot to be talked about and unfolded as we've got about 24 minutes till the top of the hour. You don't want to miss it. Come on back after we listen to these great sponsors. We'll be back in just a minute. Go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender.
2: Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blunt County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as turnout protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at common. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use Common Sense.
1: Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good
3: time. This is a public service announcement from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and the Knox Area Rescue Ministries. You can double the impact of your donations now. When you donate to Carm Stores, you'll receive an option to designate a partner. Partners will have the option to be part of the CARM Stores' Corners of Your Field program. Corners of Your Field is a partnership between local churches and Knox Area Rescue Ministry stores. The stores will return a portion of the value of your donated items to your partner in the form of gift cards. This means that it will allow your church to receive gift cards that they can use at CARM Stores to help people that they encounter who are in need. By simply selecting a partner, you'll double your impact by supporting Knox Area Rescue Ministries and enable your designated partner to help others also. If you'd like to find out further details, you can visit Carm Stores on the web at carmstores.com. That again is carmstores.com. This has been a public service announcement from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and Knox Area Rescue Ministries. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Himidor offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimidor Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports.
2: with Realty Executive Associates 865-221-5610 and let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table.
1: Have you heard about or seen The Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into The Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the that's the grind a public
3: service from blunt broadcasting corporation the City of Alcoa Police Department is alerting the surrounding community to an investigation into a scam operation surfaced within the last week, both out of state and in the Knoxville area. The scam involves a male calling and identifying himself as former City of Alcoa Police Department Detective Sergeant Chris Sanders. The scammer states that he is Sergeant Sanders and tells the victims that the female with whom he had been chatting using a dating platform called Bumble is an underage female. To assure that the victim is not prosecuted, the mail arranges directly or through another mail caller to have the victim transfer money through the Zelle app. If you receive such a phone call, do not give this scammer any financial information. You are asked to contact the City of Alcoa Police Department through the dispatch number at 865-983-3620. Again, that number 865-983-3620. A public service from Blunt Broadcasting Corporation.
1: And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Tuesday edition of the Grind. Stay in orange for the rest of the show. About 17 minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt got got a bit of good news uh, there there a couple days ago. I guess probably Sunday afternoon. We we weren't able to talk about it yesterday, but uh, and and when I saw that headline, I went Cade Mays. No, no, unfortunately not that level of good news. But uh, Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt entering his third season in Knoxville uh, has a lot of challenges uh, facing his football team between COVID, uh, different things. But one thing that he's kind of getting a little help from, we opened the season, I think, ranked number 23 in the country. But after the first week of play, Tennessee is now the number 15. Team in the country kind of thrust into the top 15 uh, after week one of uh, of everybody else. Uh, The AP also awarded uh, Tennessee the number seven spot in the Southeastern Conference. Isn't that great? Uh, Number 15 in the country and number seven in your own conference. The only SEC teams ahead of Tennessee were Alabama at number two, Georgia number four, Florida number five, LSU six, Auburn eight, and Texas A&M. Ten of the six SEC teams ahead of the Vols, Tennessee gets to see five of those. Uh, the only one they will not see is LSU. The AP poll also provided the Volunteers their highest ranking since 2016 when the Tennessee Volunteers started the season at number nine. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, you, you know, of course, this is this the byproduct of the Pac-12 Big Ten not, not playing football at this point uh, and making them ineligible for the poll. But I think it's also a major factor that Tennessee plays five of the top ten teams at this point. And several of those are going to stay there for some time. You know, it's, the SEC has, of course, been one of the leaders in saying we're playing football. But September 26th is when this stuff will unfold. 15th is nice for a preseason ranking, but I think you got to play South Carolina and Missouri. Both those teams unranked. And then, uh, and then you get into the meat and the the gauntlet of the schedule, as it starts with uh, with number four Georgia in Athens. So I think uh, uh, it's great and and it's good lead up to say, hey, top fifteen team in the country. Yeah, look at this. But you got to take care of business. Lord knows, a year ago uh, when you said Georgia State, BYU, uh, in my mind, and I think even on this show, we thought win number one. And win number two. Well, that's just that's just not the case. So um, I, I think Tennessee's got to take it one game at a time. And I know that's cliche, uh, but as SI has put right here, uh, you got to take care of those two, and then you got to go see the 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 Bulldogs there in Athens. Uh, the next AP Top 25 will be released on September the 20th. Uh, that that will be next Sunday. This upcoming Sunday, uh, they've yet to play a game in in Knoxville. Uh, but let's see if we shift on up or, or, or move it all uh, moving into our week one uh, matchup with the Gamecocks. I like it. Uh, a lot of people says, well, you know, it's it's preseason, and I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, how many times have we uh, have we probably had more talent and not been ranked? Uh, how many times have uh, has you know? And and I get it. I get it. I, anybody out there that says rankings don't count at this time, I'm in your camp i believe with you i understand where you're coming from because i don't i don't buy in it's like it's like all these rankings before the first college football playoff ranking comes out that's when it gets hot that's when things matter so um i will do that jason i sure will um jason ward giving me the giving me the heads up uh on some uh big time number 11s we're kind of building that that little part of this show but uh um but top 15 is is great for Jeremy Pruitt and staff I think I think uh you you can you can use that as motivation for expectation you know people believe in you uh you know just don't you know we've got to do things so that 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 prediction is correct et cetera. Et cetera. so you just I don't know that that necessarily makes this team any better uh, but I do think that it that it allows things to be pushed uh, a little bit different but uh Nonetheless, uh, I also think it's interesting. In a ten-game season, uh, five of our games will be against top ten att- opponents. Uh, that's not anything new to a Tennessee schedule. It's just a matter of <laughs> why not? You know, you know. It's just it's one of those deals. Why not? It's it seems to be uh, the norm for Tennessee. But when you switch gears a little bit to Tennessee all-time number elevens. You can go a lot of different directions, and I want to want to make sure Jason Ward hears this one because uh, that's the one he let me know. Uh, the uh, The Wizard Tony White, uh, he rocked number eleven, scored fifty one points uh, for Tennessee basketball against Auburn. Uh, he has been uh, been around the program a, a lot lately uh, as he's been battling cancer, and, and and Rick Barnes has been great with Tony. Uh, I feel like he he is really. Uh, as much as I give Rick Barnes crap because of uh, of the UCLA deal and, and what have you, uh, he really and truthfully has has done right by Tony White, uh, getting the team around him, uh, really raising him up every chance he gets, and uh, and when he does get to come to a game, he makes it worth it for Tony uh, to exhaust all that energy. So, um, uh, again, kudos to to Rick Barnes, but also uh, remembering Tony White. What a what a man. What what a what a basketball player. Uh, you know, again, Tony White, known as the Wizard, not because he, he did magic tricks, uh, but because he did magic with a basketball. So, uh, again, remember Tony, Tony White as he, he continues to battle, uh, but uh, he also no, wore, rocked the number 11 uh, for the basketball Vols uh when you look at number 11 uh you can you can go to a lot of different names uh and and i think as you get in those teens and those single digits there's a lot of great players that are going to rock those numbers uh you can look at joey kent Daryl dickey james banks justin hunter josh dobbs uh the the names continue to go and i think even even right now we're creating one in henry Toe because i think he's a phenomenal player I think as a, if he if the trajectory stays what he did as a, as a freshman, I about called him a rookie, um, he's going to be pretty great. But uh, when, when you look back at number 11s, I, I think it would be hard to press to say that the best number 11, and maybe people would disagree, uh, in Tennessee football, um, I'm going to go with Ron Whidbey. Uh, Ron Whidbey was a three-sport guy. Uh, you know, Widby was a punter for the Vols in '64 uh, through '66. Local product of Fulton High School, uh, he was a three-sport standout there—football, basketball, and baseball. Um, he hit 400 for the Falcons during his senior season and went to Tennessee on a football scholarship. He starred on the big for the Big Orange on the hardwood. He was a two-time All-SEC hoops standout and led the nation in punting during his senior season on the football field. Uh, you talk about his exploits beyond the, the field and court. Um, he got drafted in both football and basketball. He was drafted by the Saints in 1967, but couldn't make the inaugural squad. He signed with the New Orleans Buccaneers of the American Basketball Association, and then he was drafted by the Chicago Bulls. He also signed with the Continental Football League's Oklahoma City Plainsmen. Would uh, we be? Would make the taxi squad in New Orleans, but would eventually wind up with the Dallas Cowboys, where he played from '67 to '71 and won Super Bowl Six. Uh, he made that Super, or he made the Pro Bowl in that '71 season. Widby would finish his professional career with the Green Bay Packers, uh, and and again, it's hard to say that uh, that that's not one of the more uh, uh, successful and and dynamic. Uh, number 11s on this list but all-time number 11s uh, leonard kaufman uh, 1937 to 39 james jim gaffney uh, 41 and 2 billy stevens 44 and 5 monk fowler uh, 46 and 7 bernie sizemore 49 and 50 bill blackson uh, 51 and 54 ed godzak uh 54 uh Charles Trimble, 1955; Ralph Broyles, 56 through 58; John Patty, 62 and 3; Ron Widby, 64 through 66; Mike Jones, who, 1967; uh, uh, Joe Thompson, 1968; Dennis Chadwick, uh, 69 and 70; Nick Carmichael, 71 through 3; Mike Huskisson, 1974; Jeff Moore, 76 and 7; seven. Bobby Stanton, 1979; Dirk Weers. 1980, Daryl Dickey, 81 through 85, member of that Sugar Vols team. Uh, Kyle Horner, 87, Lloyd Kerr, 1990 and 1, uh, Joey Kent, 93 through 96, Robert Loudermilk, 1998, Bobby Graham, 98 through 2001, James Banks, 2003 and 4, John Contezano, 2005, Slick Shelley. If that ain't a name, I don't know one. Uh, 2006 and 7, Todd Campbell; 2008, Bryce Brown; 2009, Justin Hunter; 2010 through 12, Josh Dobbs; 13 through 16, Austin Smith; 15 through 17, Jordan Murphy; 17 and 18 and 19 to present, Henry To'o and the rookie, the freshman, Jalen Hyatt. Again, Henry Tootoo, linebacker, 6'2", 225. Out of Sacramento, California, De La Salle High School, and Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, wide receiver, six foot one seventy-five freshman, out of Irmo, South Carolina, by way of Dutch Fork High School. So, uh, two promising players rocking the number eleven right now. But if you look across, you know that that list of of players to wear the number eleven, you know, I, you go through. And you can just back up. I mean, Josh Dobbs, you, you remember what he did in in, in those bowl games and, and in, in some of those Florida games that he ended up not winning. Uh, he ended up winning that 16 and really kind of owned uh, T- T's Tabor. Uh, him and, and Jawan Jennings just kind of made that connection. Uh, but uh, he also – he he was just a guy. You know, he was just a leader. And And you look back, and the farther Josh Dobbs gets away from the program, the more you're just like – man like he was just like a a fixture like you didn't have to worry about Josh Dobbs getting in trouble you didn't have to worry about him doing the wrong thing he was a big community guy and then the void that he left I mean he he continues to go to the league and do different things he's back with the Steelers now but he's still doing his internships for the the astronaut thing and he's just a cool dude. Like Josh Dobbs is is just the dude. I mean, when he comes back, I, I think it's it's good that he connects and does what he can for the university. Justin Hunter, uh, I, I'll tell you, Justin Hunter, had he not got hurt as a freshman at Tennessee, uh, who knows how good he could be because uh, he was very much – he could jump out of the gym, he could do it all the different things vertically uh, that you need out of a wide receiver. But when he got injured uh, there in, in the latter part of his freshman season into his sophomore season – uh it was just a different look hunter and i I was really hopeful for him that he was holding back he was kind of keeping himself um you know from getting injured again so that he could go to the pros but uh once he got to the pros i don't know if it was a size thing or, or what have you but he just he never could really solidify himself as a number one he's he's still in the league bouncing around uh but but justin hunter just uh I think injuries and, and the toll on his body is what made the difference for him. Bryce Brown, um, all the talent in the world, but he came to play for Kiffin, not play for Tennessee. Uh, so um, he ended up going to K-State and then kind of making the squad for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and then and really being a nice running back. He just a little bit of a head case while he was here. So, so the memories aren't as, as smiley uh, as it is for some of these other guys. Joey Kent. Uh, probably one of the more prolific in the great years of Tennessee football. He He's remembered uh, definitely by being the, the guy on uh, the first touchdown of the first play of the first quarter in 1995 against Alabama. Um, you, you know, I'll never forget that call, you know, on play number one. What did he do? All he did was score. That was a John Ward uh, phrase, a saying about Joey Kent, Peyton Manning to Joey Kent uh, across the middle, and he just – He's just off to the races. Speed is something that Joey was known for. I met him, met him a few years ago at a Tennessee game, and I'm pretty sure uh, he could still probably outrun most of us. Just to be quite honest with you, uh, Joey can't still look like he was in great shape. Daryl Dickey, son of son of uh, of of, Dar- of Doug Dickey, if I can get my names right, uh, has ended up having a pretty good career as a coach. Uh, he was at Memphis for a while. He's been at a lot of different places. But he was a, a great story because he stepped in uh, for, for Tony Robinson. I think that 85 season was hinged on Tony Robinson being so mobile and him being successful and, and how we were going to be so good because T-Rob was under center. And then he goes down, and here comes Daryl Dickey, and everybody's like, well, that's cute. Doug's boy gets to, gets to jump out there. Well, he does nothing but come out there, manage the team, do what he needs to do, make big plays. And Tennessee goes on to not only go to the Sugar Bowl, uh, but the uh to <laughs> there's a reason they're called the Sugar Balls. If if you don't know why, you should Google it because it's worth a watch. Tennessee not only uh defeats Miami in the Sugar Bowl, but rocks the hurricanes uh in the sugar bowl, uh, to be one of the more uh loved, remembered, uh sought after uh, memorabilia kind of items uh, for for the Vols. And then, like we talked about in the onset, Ron Whidbey, uh, number 11, you can't say enough about, about him. He was just a dynamic player in, a, in anything he touched. And uh, football, basketball just happened to be what he was doing uh, for the University of Tennessee. But 11 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We're counting it down as the top 15 Vols are licking the chops, trying to get at. Those South Carolina Gamecocks. But 11 days. Tomorrow, the last double-digit day before Tennessee hits the hits the gridiron. We'll talk it all tomorrow. Who's the top t- number tens? And maybe who's the top ten of all time? We'll talk it all with Carson as he gets back in studio. You're listening. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. Be safe. And, yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.